Oh, control your mind, control your life. Think different theory, baby. That's what we do. And we're live with Jeremy Slate. Dude, I feel like I've known you for like ever. A few years at least, man. We've been connected on Facebook forever. So it's, it's and great now to finally get to hang out, man. Look at that. We're, <laughs> we're doing something cool with our lives and finally getting around. What a time to be alive, dude. How you been? I, I've been good, but like, I got to tell you, man, I feel like 2020 has been like the most insane year of my entire life. Like every Ooh. crazy thing I ever thought could happen <laughs> happened this year. Yeah. And then, and then like the last week or so, dude, like, woo, it's, it's just been nuts. Yeah, dude. What's okay. So 2020 more positive for you or more negative for you than at the typical year. Like, I know it's been crazy, but like overall yeah. positive, negative. So we doubled revenue from last year. And then we also hired, uh, we started the year with five staff and now we have 14. So in that way, it's been a good year. Um, but I want to travel somewhere, man. Like I hate being like stuck in New yeah. Jersey, like fire the governor. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, New Jersey's pretty much up. To, I mean, New Jersey, you're right next to New York and you got all yeah. the insanity in New York. So you might, we might not be traveling for a minute. Well, I'll tell you. So my photographer was was finally back in town. He's been stuck in South Africa for like eight months. And he finally got back in town to like <laughs> do, do my photos in New York. So we're in the city. And when you go into lower Manhattan, you always take the Holland Tunnel. So you come in through the Holland Tunnel and you hit this circle, which you have to decide like where to go. Every shop in the circle is like plywood, 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 plywood. It's like insane, man. Dude, I saw a meme on there that said, if Biden gets elected, I'm leaving the country. If Trump gets reelected, I'm leaving the country. I just want to travel. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right, man. I just want to go someplace. We just want to get out of here. Oh, my gosh. Dude, it's been an absolutely crazy election cycle. And obviously, yeah. like this is this is pre-recorded. Uh, this will be out, though, relatively soon, like uh, uh, less than less than a week. Uh, but as of now, yeah, we don't know. We got no clue who's going to yeah. be the president. We, had, we have no idea. We have and, no idea. Uh, a lot of a lot of my uh, wonderful, my dear Democrat supporters, we love you. I, I do. I really from the bottom of my heart. I really do love you. I love you all. But like they are very much convinced that Biden is in. And yeah. uh, I don't know, man. Well, the, the, the media doesn't name a president, man. I'm going to tell you right now. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how long they say it. The media does not name a president. The media doesn't name a president. And I just always say this. I'm like, if there's one person on planet Earth that could get something reversed to keep him in the office of presidency, it'd be Donald Trump. Yeah. So if it is at like, and, and this is my, my message to my, the Trump supporters out there, like, yo, if there is even one possible way that Trump stays in office, I promise you, he will find it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Would, I would think so. I would yeah. think so. Yeah. Are you very political? I tr so here, so here's the thing. Uh, privately, I'm extremely political. Publicly, I'm not that political. Um, mm. I did go, I did go to a couple of Trump rallies this year, which is a lot. Ooh, of fun. all right. What um, rad? That it was pretty cool. You, you you stand there and they do all the the guy that thought of this. I don't know. I imagine Trump didn't think of this, but whoever thought of like this strategy, they all always do them at airports. So that Air Force One just lands, he talks, Air Force One leaves, which is really smart. So then you're yeah. standing there and the effect is Air Force One just lands right in front of you and you're just like, whoa, dude. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I got to say. That's awesome. So you're not you're not uh, publicly political. I, I try not to be. You know what I mean? Like, because with what I do with my podcast, I'm trying to present things to people and let them make their own decision on it. Yeah. So for the most part, I try to keep my thoughts out of that and just kind of Hey, I'm talking to a really cool person. This is about their life, and I want you to make your own decision. So it's really hard to do sometimes. Like I've, you know, I've had uh, Dave Rubin from Rubin Report in the podcast. We got a little bit political. No there. way, you had yeah. Dave Rubin on. That's freaking dope, dude. I, I had Dave Rubin on. So we got a little bit political there because I, I even said to him, you know, hey Dave, like 
I have a lot of people that I personally really like, um, but I am voting for Trump. And well, you voted for I don't, Trump. And, and I don't want to feel like alienated how we talk about that. So like we try to do talk about things in such a way that the listener can make their own decision. So I try to stay as non-political as possible. What's your podcast? It's called Create Your Own Life. Create Your Own Life. Like I, we've had the former okay. CIA director, General David Petraeus, in the show. That was quite interesting. I got I to gotta learn how you get the, these people <laughs> on your show, bro. I'm looking it up right now. This is dope, dude. Well done. Thank well you. Done. How, lo- how long? You got 794 episodes. Been going strong since 2014, man. Bro, congratulations. <laughs> That's how many, how many episodes you do a week? We do three a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. When I started, it was five days a week, and I just found that it was too much, and content just suffered. Yeah, so I just dropped uh, to two episodes a week. Yeah. I was doing three three episodes a week for two years. Mm-hmm. I just dropped to two because I wanted to do longer form. Yeah, And I, bro, business is booming yeah. right I can, now. I can also appreciate what you said on that, because you had an episode you did on, like, am I just going to sit down and make content? And, right. I, and I, th- I think that approach just kind of ruins it at the same time. And that's why I'm doing, you know, not as many episodes as I did. And, and, I, lo- and I love that, right? Because that was me. It was like, bro, I got to record an episode. Just go, go, go. And it is just, it didn't work out very well. And yeah. the other thing that's interesting about my podcast and where it's gone in the last, like, and I'm curious to know, like, how you gauge this. Because, like, for me, especially in the last, like, year, I've switched my podcast basically to be like, yo, this is my life. Take it or leave it. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm doing. If you like it, great. If you don't. And like, I know from a marketing perspective, right? Like the way to grow a podcast is pick a niche and it's feed into that and it's identify your people and create the movement or whatever. But like at, at some point, I don't know when it really was, but at some point I just got up and was like, you know what? I, I don't like my podcast doesn't make me money. Right. It's not my but, but revenue that's, drive. That's, but that's important though. And I, like, cause for me, I started early enough where the niche doesn't matter as much. Like it really matters now, I will say. Yeah. But the thing is that people don't get like, you know, 99.99999% of people are never going to be Joe Rogan. Like it's just not going to happen. And so like, they're not going to get a hundred million dollars in Spotify or they're not going to make millions of dollars in yeah. advertising, but it's the thing that gets your people to know you a lot better. It's the thing that right. creates trust. It's a networking tool. Like, you know, how else do you connect with amazing people other than you would on a podcast? Yeah, for sure. And like, even if, even the people that do get a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify, they actually don't pick a niche. I don't think as much as they are just themselves. Like Joe Rogan didn't start the podcast to like start a podcast and try to like build it to what it is. Like he started it by like talking after, you know, wrestling matches and was like interviewing the people and people started watching. Right. Yeah. And like, so that's, Cause people always ask me, they're like, how do you monetize it? How do you do blah? How do you, and I'm like, I don't like, mm-hmm. I lose money producing my podcast up front, but I'm right. like, but also I got to sit down with Russell Brunson for three hours in person because of it. So that's pretty cool. Right. Like, and th- like you said, it's a networking tool. And for me, I use it as, and more so now than ever, I use it as this is me follow me or not. We're going to talk politics sometimes. We're going to talk religion sometimes. We're going to talk yeah. about whatever I want to talk about, wherever my life is going at this time. Yeah. Like, that's where we're going to get, do with it. And like, people are going to come, people are going to go. But I feel like for me, I'm not using it as like Russell Brunson uses it or Steve Larson uses it. Like they mm-hmm. use their podcast for one thing, to drive people, like to educate their audience to go get them to buy more of their products. Like that's why. But that, that's the difference between using a podcast as a marketing tool, which is what they do. And more in, my, in line with what I think. And the pod, I think a podcast is actually a PR tool. 
yeah, because it allows 100%. you to connect with people and create trust and everything else. Like it's not a lead generator. That's not the point of it. No, it's not. And it's interesting because so like my business market is super the ClickFunnels world. Mm -hmm. And like, that's where I grew my initial following. It's where I had my first, you know, made my first million dollars, right? It was in that market, right? Sure. But um, because that market is like, it's so Russell, like Russell has done such a good job of convincing them of like how he uses his tool, which is good. It's mm -hmm. interesting because like, whenever I sell podcasting stuff, I have to explain to people like, they're like, Josh, do you think I should start a podcast? Should I buy your podcasting course? I'm like, if this is what you want to use the podcast for, yes. If Correct. not, that like you and people, I think have a hard time understanding that. Like for you, what do you use your show for? Like, is there a niche? Like, is there something you do? What What do you use it for? I interview people that are world class individuals. So it's more about for me, you know, selfishly, it started at the beginning. Like I had failed at a bunch of things. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start a podcast because I, I I can't screw that up. So I, I started that to really just learn from people because. <laughs> Because my ma my master's degree is in ancient history. I studied how the Roman emperor convinced people he was God. Um, so I was really good at being a student. And I was, you know, I was a high school teacher for a bit. And I kind of sucked at that. And then going back to being a podcast was going back to being a student. So for me, it was like selfishly getting to learn from a lot of really incredible people in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And then as it took off, it's kind of been like really incredible networking. And there's still a little bit of that selfishness in it. Like a couple of weeks ago, I got to interview Nick Swisher, who was my favorite New York Yankee when he played for him. So like nice. that was kind of cool to get to talk and learn from that person. So for me, it's been networking, connecting with the right people. Um, I get a lot of speaking gigs from my podcast. Like I spoke in Europe last year from a podcast. So for me, it's, it's a really incredible tool that promotes what else you're doing. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not the, the lead generator. It's not the thing where you're going to, you know, get millions of downloads to every episode and sell ads. Like to me, that's not how you use it. How do you, um, I should say this, how long, cause I'm just going to ask you a couple questions that I know everybody has. So yeah. we'll just talk about them. How long did it take you? Like how many episodes in were you before you started getting speaking gigs and stuff like that? Three years. Yeah. It, it, it took a lot of time, man, because, because here's the thing too, right? Like I said, I had failed at three or four different businesses before I started the podcast and then started the agency. So it's like, I also didn't have the credibility to do a lot of those things yet. You know what I mean? I, th I feel like that's really important too. Um, like you're not just going to get famous for having a podcast. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. But it helped me figure some stuff out, get connected to the right people and build a business, which then I've gotten a lot of speaking and stuff from that. But it, it took two and a half or three years, man. And I think people need to remember that. Yeah, like, no, dude, absolutely. Like I'm on, I'm, I don't even know what episode I'm on. I forgot. So like we run in seasons. And so yeah. I lost count when I, like, when I Google it, like here, I can listen to it on Apple podcast. I don't even know, but it's like, I don't know. I think I'm on like <laughs> 200 or something like that. Um, episodes something close to that right yeah. and uh yeah i don't know why am i i don't i don't know what it looks like anyway and people are like oh i'm so disappointed i haven't made any money or i haven't landed have my big break i'm like oh how many episodes have you done and they're like 36 i'm like <laughs> and i'm on 200 and i'm not expecting it to pay off for five or ten more years like yeah. you know what i mean and mm -hmm. like if you look at it that way and this is what people don't get like there's like two parallel universes Mm -hmm. There is reality and then there's the internet, right? Yeah. And it's like, you don't exist on the internet unless you create content, right? Correct. At all. And just like when you're like three years old as a baby, nobody mm -hmm. knows who the heck you are, right? You're over the, oh, they were just born. So we're throwing parties for you, right? Like, nope. Yeah. Like that's how it is when you're just getting on there. Nobody's going to know who you are. Give it five years, 10 years. But I will tell you, if you don't create any content in five years from now and 10 years from now, you will not exist. 
right? And it will be 10 times harder yeah. to, to get anything done unless you have content that's out there. And that's why people are like, so mom, I love you. But, I really but do. Oh, but go ahead. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, but no, here's it. the thing to that too. Like, especially like if you have a common name with somebody that's more famous than you, you know what I mean? Like for me, my parents, I don't know if they thought it was funny or what, but they named me after a cowboy actor that was just famous enough. So like there's New York times articles out there and stuff. So that's why I use my middle name for a lot of stuff because it's like, um, you know, I'm Jeremy Ryan slate because Jeremy slate was the first 12 pages of Google. So I started using my middle name to get found. And because of that, since I built more authority for the three names, I started to get found for two. And, you know, then in 2017, you know, the bastard died and I bought his website. So like, that's kind of like, you know, some of the things I'm considering here, man. That's awesome. I, <laughs> that's crazy. I'm lucky, dude. I don't have anything, no yeah. competition on Google. Like Josh 40, like nobody, I don't even know if there's anybody in the whole world that's named that. I mean, I'm sure. But like yeah. when I, when I Google it, I'm the only thing that comes up. So I lucked out as far as that's concerned. But like, but it, it goes right along what you're saying though, man. You gotta, if, if you're not creating content, you're never going to be found. It's just never, not ever, ever, ever. And, and we can get it in niche stuff there, but I think people are so afraid of publishing the wrong thing. Like and yeah. this, going back to my mom, mom, I love you. Right. I, I, my mom's like one of the most amazing people ever. My mom just started a podcast. Right. And she's like, I got to edit every episode. I got to take out the ums and the ahs. And I don't like the sound of my voice. And she's like, how do you do it? I'm like, I hit the record button. I record an episode. I hit end record. I send it to my people and I say publish, right? Like that, like that's what I do. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't edit anything, right? And part of it for me, and, and keep in mind, I mean, that's not, yeah. I understand it's not for everybody, right? Not yeah. as some people do want it a little bit more edited, right? But for me, I'm like, I'm going to be fully myself. I'm going to fully embrace myself and I want myself to appear online. Yeah. And I'm like, who are like all the people that I follow, that I'm like the most connected to on social media. Like, mm -hmm. think about it. If I was like top three people online that I'm connected to and like involved in their life or were at one point when I was consuming their content would be Joe Rogan, yeah, Logan Paul, not so much anymore, but I was a huge Logan Paul fan for a while, right? And like Gary V. And not yeah. so, once again, not so much anymore because I don't consume a whole lot of content, but I'm like, what do all those people, like what does all of those people have in common? I'm like, it's long form content. It's not yeah. edited. I get to see their daily life. I get to, well, Logan's edited, but I, I get to see the behind the scenes. I get to see the ups, the downs, the mistakes. It's not just this highlight reel. And I'm like, is that going to get the most amount of views short term? No, absolutely not. Because like, you're a nobody at the beginning. But let me yeah. tell you, over the course of 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you're going to have diehard fans that are just absolutely insane. And I think well, and, and, get and here's the thing to that too, is most people suck at writing. You know what I mean? And that's why like a podcast is a really great thing. Like for me, dude, like I, a lot of the words I use were three feet long. And because of that, <laughs> like when I first like wrote stuff, it's like, I can't effing understand that. So like a lot of times it was more difficult for people. So like starting a podcast, like I can talk to people, like that's easy. So like, I, I think as well, like it's a much more consumable type of content because you can actually chat with somebody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How long are your episodes? They're usually like 40 minutes. It depends minutes. on the person. So it's just 40 minutes is usually what it does. I know people are like, oh, the average commute is 30 minutes. But I, I don't really care about that. I go for like what I feel like I can get a good narrative in. Because a lot of what I'm doing, I'm trying to build narratives of people's lives. So around 40 minutes is, is usually pretty good. Um, I've had a couple episodes go an hour. But that's usually, it's usually 40 minutes to an hour. Mm. Yeah, it's so funny when you talk about like the average commute is 30 minutes. And stuff like Who that. cares? I, I'm like, nobody commutes anymore. Well, and I'm just like, okay. 
<laughs> and Joe Rogan episodes are three hours long and he's the number one listening pod podcast of all time, or like in the whole world right now. So yeah. your point, right? I just and, listened to his Snowden episode, by the way, the latest one, not the previous one. The latest one was really, really, really good. He was like, on again. He was on again in September. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. For, no, I thought you meant like another time after. No, nah, he was on it like last year too. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that whole Snowden thing is just yeah, wild. <laughs> it's wild. I don't what what's uh what's your actually let, let me back up how yeah. do you get how do you get your people like how you, so you, you had uh ruben on like yeah. he, he's a he's pretty big dude he interviewed yeah. uh, uh ben shapiro and jordan peterson it's one of my my favorite discussions of like that's like top 10 favorite discussion of all time yeah how do you how do you land people like him and so so that was like through a friend like basically mm. i had a great time on an interview with somebody and he goes Oh, you want to interview Dave Rubin? I'm like, yes, I would. He's like, because I have a because I have a running list of like people I want to talk to. So like number one all time for me is like, um, I would have a 12 year old fanboy thing if I could interview uh, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan, so he's like <laughs> my number, number one, one like number one person I want to interview. So for me, like in the beginning, it was like how hard am I willing to work to get in front of people? So it was like, um, you know, like pitching via email, a lot of stuff like, like that. Uh oh. Did I lose you? I think I lost you. Oh, man. Guys, don't worry. He'll be right back. Do, 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 do. Let me pull this up here. While we're waiting for him to come back, um, let's add him to, back to the stream here. Nope. He's gone. Oh, no. Um, apparently, his speeds aren't great. Anyway, guys, let me, let me pull this over. While we're waiting for him to hop um, back on here, uh, we're going to get into our top five. Um, it's weird. Why is he gone? Do, do, do. Should we remove him? Let's just take him off the screen for right now. Pull him off. Anyway, guys, um, we're going to get into the top five, top five people that we want to interview. I think that'd be super cool. Mm. Oh, is he there? Nope. Remove. Nope. Oh, for, for those of you listening on audio, he, uh, we we lost our, our buddy Jeremy. I don't I'm not sure what happened. I've got all these settings. Okay, guys, here's some behind the scenes. Oh, 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 he's back. He's back. Wait, I think he's Sorry, back. Jeremy. Internet he's literally back. went out. I just switched over to mobile. I don't know what the hell happened. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> sounds like a plan. Okay. So uh where were we? Talking about like how do I get like oh yeah, how do, how, get, how do we get people on there? Yeah. So yeah, and one so in the beginning it was just like how will how willing am I to be annoying? So like it was like I made a list of the top hundred people I most admired, and I sent email after email after email until eventually people said yes. Um, and I followed up every you know thirty to sixty days or anything like that. Um, so that was kind of the beginning. But then also like as you start to get more notoriety and stuff like that, like it becomes easier to pitch people. So like for a lot of athletes and stuff like that, I've used Instagram. Like Instagram's been really really good for DMs for getting in front of people. And What's at the same Instagram time, handle? like one. Um, I'm at Jeremy Ryan Slate. And um, so for then as well, like for some of the bigger names, it's been like, you know, you meet somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like I, I directly pitch that person. Yeah. I think that's the other thing is like it's a snowball effect. Like you said, yeah, like, for 100%. example, I mean, at the beginning of my podcast, like I could get my immediate circle on there or whatnot. And every now and then you get like a bigger person. But like, dude. I put Russell on the show and we had a three hour in-person interview with Russell and you should yeah. see my inbox right now of people that <laughs> I like beforehand would have had to like beg and convince and whatever. And now it's like, yo, want to do an episode? Love to be on your show. I'm like, 
Oh, so that's how that works. Once you get more credibility, people, <laughs> people want to show up and start talking to you. So are you there? Uh -oh. Yeah, my okay. internet's like shit right now, man. Sorry, I'm give me just give me a second. I'm gonna switch back over again. No, you're good. I'm, right. I'm well, not at my. I'm not at my. I'm oh, not in good. my studio, so I apologize about that. No, you're good. Bump out and come back in when you're ready. Um. Yeah. Just give me a sec. All right, cool. I'm gonna do this, guys. Why? Why? Oh, why he's waiting on that? So, top five. Here, here are some questions I've got lined up for him. Top five people that we want to interview. I want to share mine uh, and I want him to share his. So that's the first one. Second, uh, top three tips uh, for reaching out to people. Um, I think that'd be super cool. And um, man, what other what other questions should we go through? I know this isn't live, so technically I can't read any of your comments, but comment down below and we'll ask them on the next one. Uh, next go around. Uh, guys, one of the things though I want to say about a podcast and I was waiting for him to come back on. A podcast nowadays, and, and it's interesting because a lot of podcasts now have a video component to it. This one does, uh, Joe Rogan's does, a, a lot of them do. What it allows to happen is like, it allows people to get to know you. It allows people to hear your voice. It allows people to watch you grow. And this is something that's very important because if you are not truly yourself, if you are a fraud, if you are faking it, if you don't know who you are, things like that, it's going to be very hard for you to create long-form content, all right? It's going to be very hard for you to start a podcast, but when you know who you are and you fully embrace who you are at the time and you understand that you're going to make mistakes and you understand that you're not going to be perfect and you understand that you're going to grow and you understand that no matter what you say, you're going to get hate and criticism at some point or another and love, you know, and praise at one point or the other, then it, it allows you to come on and fully embrace uh, yourself and it allows you to create some really, really awesome content. And by putting out content, regardless of the views, regardless of who's listening at the beginning, I, guys, when I first started this podcast, I mean, I was getting like 20 downloads. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't, I, I, wow. When I first started, um, hold on, let me do this here. When I first started doing, um, like content on social media in general, like my first YouTube video got four views, like four views. That's crazy. All right, hold on. Um, we're gonna bring Jeremy back. Jeremy, one second. I got to finish yeah, this man. thought. So, <laughs> but like what, when you start publishing, when you literally just go out there and just begin, you're documenting the entire journey. So not only can you go back at any given point and see the growth, but anybody else can go back and see the growth as well. And the only time that's a negative thing is if you aren't fully embracing who you are and you have something to hide. But as long as you have something, or as long as you have nothing to hide and fully embrace yourself, the very best thing you can do is just publish content, publish content, publish content. It doesn't matter if it gets one view or a million views because that's going to document the journey and it's going to give you this, like imagine if Jeff Bezos would have gone and documented everything that he did with when building Amazon or Joe Rogan or Donald Trump. Like imagine being able to look back at the life. You have that ability only if you start documenting. Anyway, Jeremy, yeah. welcome back to the show. Yeah. Sorry about that, man. Internet is totally horrible here today. So All good. Anyway. So okay. I, I have a question now. Yeah. You brought, you brought this up. Top five. I want to know your top five people you want to have on the show. Like this is like dream scenario. Nobody's off limits. You have a magic wand. You can wave it. You get your top five interviews. Who are those top five? Uh, number one. Uh, is definitely Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. Number two, uh, Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. Um, depending on how many brain cells he's got left, that'd be kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, three, uh, I feel like Trump would be pretty interesting. I just just to, to get into that guy's head, if he's willing to let you into his head, um, would be pretty interesting. Um, four, let's see. God, I have, a, I have a spreadsheet open. 
uh, another tab here. Um, Tim Ferriss is definitely, I would say, number four. And if I could get Joe Rogan, man, I think it'd be very interesting to learn from Joe just because I want to learn like why he asks people what he asks them. You know what I mean? I feel like he's a very intuitive interviewer. Like he asks yeah. some really interesting things. Yeah. So two, you and I share two, two of our top five. Number one for me, Joe Rogan, hands down, bro, <laughs> dude, dude, that guy is like, he's like top three people that I look up to, uh, for, for different reasons, but like yeah. top three people I looked up to, I mean, that dude is just solid and he owns his mistakes when he, when he messes up, he owns it. Right. Uh, he's not afraid to be friends with anybody. Right. He interviews Bernie Sanders and Ben Shapiro, <laughs> you know, like and everything in between Alex Jones, um, and, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. And so I, I just, I absolutely love Joe and, uh, he'd be number one, number two, would be Donald Trump, man. Like those are my top two, <laughs> bro. If I could interview Donald Trump, I would pay. I'd pay so much money. To, I, I I would write a check for fifty grand. Yeah, uh, on the spot to to interview Trump. Uh, probably more than that. I'd raise the money if I had to to, to do that. <laughs> uh, number three, and I, I shouldn't say th those two are like top two, and then the the remaining three in no particular order. Uh, Tom Brady. Uh, I'm a huge. Ooh, that's a good one for me though too, because I I find him to be one of the most admirable people because he came from like. From the bottom to the top, like you know what I mean. Like he will outwork anybody. You know what the first thing he did when he became a patriot was? Hmm. He walks up to Robert Kraft. Oh goes, yeah, of course. And he goes, "Mr. Kraft, you know I'm the best decision you ever made." He goes, the "Guy's kind of like, who the hell are you?" Type of thing. Right. <laughs> I do. I'm a huge Patriots fan. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a lifelong Brady fan. It broke my heart. When I'm he a went Packers to Tampa. fan, but I but I love what Brady's done. I think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, Brady, dude. Brady is just that guy's a winner. Like yeah. the, the, the mentality, the mindset, uh, that, that you'd, you'd have to have on there. Um, and then my last, last two, I mean, I have a list somewhere. I feel like I'm missing, I feel like I'm missing somebody on here that I, I really would want to interview. Um, uh, Will Smith. Ooh, that's I, a good one. I, yeah. I'd love to sit down with Will. My, I think Will Smith and Bieber would probably. So write I, have a, I have a publicist email for Will Smith. I've never gotten anywhere with it, but I'll share it with you if you can you okay. know, figure, figure out how to get him. <laughs> okay. okay. I have like, uh, I have other people on there. Like, I think it'd be really cool to, to interview Obama. Yeah. Um, which would, you know what I mean? Like, it's funny. Cause like, I'm a huge Trump fan and like Obama's like, the but I think the interesting thing about him too, is like how he won an election and kind of the new type of election. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, he was one of the first ones to use internet marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. Obama like is just, I don't, I don't agree with obviously a lot of what he stands for or did, but like he was the president, bro. Yeah, like, it's, it's you know pretty interesting. And, and uh, he I'm has not a, very, a big George Bush fan though, so it, I really wouldn't I'm, want to yeah. spend my time with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if jo George Bush was like, "Yo, I'll come on your podcast," I'm not going to be like, "Nah, fam." But at the same <laughs> time, um, I. But I, he's I, like I, one of those guys that you look at him and you're like, "Wait, how did this guy become president?" Like he'd like uh, other than like owning oil well, and the Texas big, Rangers, and big money in oil. Wait, what do you mean? Yeah. How did he become president? <laughs> yeah, it's right. Big money in oil, bro. <laughs> what are you talking about? about? <laughs> he, so he had the, he had the most um most people in his cabinet that have made substantial money from oil of any president. I wonder why. I, I wonder why. And well, it's funny. Um, I'll have to look this up. I'm sure I could look it up right now. But Joe Biden yeah. has posted his tra his transition page and his stuff or whatever. But it includes. It's so funny because he's it's all the tech know, people. It, it's but it's like I am the I am the politician that's for the people and against big business. I'm like, bro, you have execs from like big tech, big banking, big like all. All these big corporations are yeah. all in your administration. I'm like, okay, you're just a liar, just like the rest of them. Just like, and, and that's the thing, man. It's like I don't care who you vote for, but that's the biggest problem with America is the amount of corporatism we have here and how much they run everything. It's insane, man. Okay, like, yeah, but, it, but is it? 
But is it, it is that a is, bad thing? Is, is it how? I, yeah, yeah. So, so I look at it from this perspective, right? Like when a lot of the laws are made like to make things for Pfizer or, you know, like things like that, I, I just feel like those private companies have too much sway. Like, you know what I mean? Especially like, especially with companies like that, you know what I mean? Like they're never going to cure cancer because it makes too much money for a lot right. of these companies. You know what I mean? Okay. Lobbyists are the actual problem. Lobbyists are the people, the people in between the companies and the government, are the actual problem. But okay, so my anytime this argument is brought up, and I'm in agreement with you, by the way. Yeah. But but anytime this argument is brought up, I, I like to go down this rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. There is always going to be somebody or a group of people with an extreme amount of power. Yeah. Always, forever mm -hmm. and ever, always from the beginning of history of time till the ends of the earth, there will mm -hmm. never be a fair and balanced system. True. That's correct. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. Like, like even even Clarence Thomas, who's one of the Supreme Court justices, used to be lead counsel for Monsanto. So, like, you know, it is what it is. Right. Right. It and it's it's one of those things where oh man, Monsanto is a whole conversation. I used to, I grew up on a farm, bro. Yeah. So anyway, so my thought is is okay. If that be the case. Mm -hmm. If we know that there's going to be people in power, regardless, yeah, who do we want in there? Like, who do we want to be running and kind of making the decisions and, uh, for that? Well, because, business, of course, yeah, because they, they they produce something. But but and and that's it's not that is not a rhetorical question in the sense yeah. of like I'm not saying business is the answer, but I'm saying I look around and I go, okay, um, Bernie Sanders who I very much disliked until I heard him on Joe Rogan. And now I, I still don't like his policies, but I think he's a super genuine dude, right? Yeah. Definitely don't want people like Joe Rogan. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, people like Bernie Sanders or AOC uh, in, in like in charge because they haven't produced anything, right? That's not, so, that, so that's my major problem with our governor here in New Jersey, right? Like Phil Murphy, the only, the, he's, he's worth $60 million, which, hey, if you can make money, man, and, you, and you've produced something great. But the only way he made it is by the, one, a, a Goldman Sachs IPO. That's the only way he's made money. So, you know, like you look, especially with the way he's handled a lot of lockdowns and stuff here, like he hasn't thought about like how his business going to do with this stuff, like because he's never had to produce anything or Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer went right from law school into government. So like none of these positions were meant to be career things. Like it was never meant for somebody to spend their whole life there. And I, I, I do agree with you from the standpoint of like, if they haven't done anything, why should they be there? Yeah. And I think that's why. Oh man, I'm gonna go down this Trump rabbit hole. You, you, you kind, you kind, you kind of lit me up here, man. I don't usually talk about this stuff. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. We, but we, any, anybody but my wife. That's about we, it. We, we can steer, we can steer clear of it. Um, but I, I will say this: I, I yeah. just, I think that when it comes to government, when it comes to uh, the way things are run, there's two things that we really need to take into consideration that mm -hmm. I don't think are talked about enough. Obviously, these aren't the only two things, but two things yeah. that we need to be aware of. Number one, there is no such thing as a fair government. Right. That's There's true. there will always be somebody that's that holds control always. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that the ideal I, ideally we would fight to make it to where the people that are in charge are at least most in aligned with with what, what we think was is right. Not so much that we think it's actually fair. And number um, two, we need to realize that um, when the Constitution was written, there was what, like two million people or. 3 million people or something like that in America. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. Substantially lower. Let, let, let's, I'm going to Google this right now. How many lower. people were in America when the constitution was written? Take a guess. What is your guess? I'm guessing 3 million. I have no idea. Maybe th 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 at least three, no more than 10. Like it can't be more than that. 
4 million more than 10 4 million wow so 4 million people yeah. in america and there are now 327 million so like when yeah, we talk so... about how the constitution was written and we shall not defer from the current well, you know founding fathers by the way i support that i am yeah. all in alignment with sticking to the constitution and and doing how the founding fathers wrote it but like we also have to remember that is not a perfect system because it was written when there was 4 million people, not 327 million, right? Yeah. And so I think that that's just uh, uh, worth noting. But well, to, anyway. a point, to a point as well, though, because the, the thing people have to understand, though, is also be speaking the same terms. Like, we're no matter how many times they want to say it, like, we're not a democracy. We're a representative republic. And a representative republic is a, is a, is a guard against tyranny because any absolute democracy can become tyranny over time, right? You, you promise people enough stuff and they vote for you. And the next thing you know, they're in. So it's you just got to control the masses. So despite what people want to say is we're talking about the same terms here. The best system of government is what we have, man. It's a constitutional Republic. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Where, yeah. where's uh? why do I keep getting this stupid phone call? Man, someone keeps calling me. I, I get this what. one all the time. That's like telling me that my car warranty is expired. I'm like, what? I don't, oh, even, man. Have a car. I don't even have a car warranty. I know uh, that's the, um, Oh, Oh, Oh shoot. Hold on. Actually hang on. Hey, hold on. We getting furniture delivered. Hold oh, on. cool, cool. And I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for a realtor. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. Hold up, Leah. Hold on. My fiance is in the other room. Um, but they called me and they're like, "We're seven minutes away." I didn't realize it was being delivered right now. Hang on. Give me like two seconds, Jeremy. Yeah, no worries. And, are, you, and, are you still good for this, or do you need to? Of course, move, bro. Whatever. Okay, no. What are you talking about? We're, or, hold on. I'm gonna put you in there. Hold on. Actually, let me do this. T tell us about you. Tell, give us, give us a five minute backstory or a three minute backstory about five. your business, and yeah. we're, we're going to transition over into this. We're going to roll. This is going to be a great episode. Okay. So awesome. Go. Go. <laughs> wow. So I guess I'm on. What is up, guys? Um, so I guess a little bit about me then is I am from a small town, five eighths of my own size. Nothing ever happens there except back in the twenties, Babe Ruth played golf there, so like literally nothing happens. So like for me, education was always important. And I think that's the number one lie we're sold is that education is going to be the thing when actually, you know, you're being sold a mortgage at the house. So for me, I went to undergrad, I went to grad school, I got a master's degree I don't use. And I, you know, my mom had a stroke in 2012. And it really made me look at a lot of what I'm doing. I'm like, wow, what's what's kind of the point of a lot of this stuff. And from there, I was like, okay, entrepreneurship, that's going to be the thing. So I started my first business um, after my wife saw this network marketing opportunity. I'm sure a lot of you guys have, have seen this. Like you see this presentation, especially when you haven't seen one before. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to be like a gazillionaire. So I just need to find two people. So like that was kind of the first thing that got me started was, you know, going into network marketing. I remember having the call with my, my boss, the principal at school. I'm like, so I'm going to quit and I'm going to do this thing. And he's like, oh my God. So that was kind of like the first thing I started. Uh, I did that for a couple of years. And, um, you know, that didn't really go so well. I went from there to selling life insurance, which I was damn good at, but hating telling people they were going to die. So like, you got to buy this because you just, you may not live so long and you love your family. Right. So I went from there to then selling products on Amazon and I left my, get my product for a dollar promo code. My listing lost everything in about 20 minutes. And that was kind of the end of that. So that was the end of my entrepreneurship journey. And I started a podcast called create your own life which took off, had 10,000 listens in its first 30 days. And from there, dude, like we started an agency called Command Your Brand where we help people appear on top-rated podcasts. Oh, you got a different hat now, man. You have a different hat than last time it's I saw It's not you. different. It was just bad. It was backwards. It was backwards. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Now it's forwards. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I was, so I was telling you about there. 
That's all right. I was telling I was telling the people about how I failed at like three or four different things. And then, you know, when I was 24, my mom had a stroke and it led me to, you know, really looking for, you know, something different in my life. And that's how I'm here. Jeez. Holy cow. Hold on. Now yeah. I'm putting it on my hoodie. Ugh. Okay. We're back. Yeah. No worries. Guys, this is what happens when you're, you run a podcast and you're getting furniture delivered and just COVID just messes everything up. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So don't even go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was yeah. trying to figure out how I can go. Like, we want to go to vacation this weekend. We're like, let's go to Maine. And I looked at the uh, the state of Maine's website and their COVID restrictions. I'm like, wow. Uh, okay. Guess I'm not going there. So wait, wait, you're in New Jersey, right? I'm in New Jersey. Yeah. So what, like, are you even allowed to go out in New Jersey? Like, do you have to wear a mask all the time? Like, what are you? Well, you're supposed down? to, like, but I, you're supposed to, but I don't like, you know, I just, I, I don't. I don't think it prevents anything. Like I really don't. Well, yeah. I mean, neither do I, but like, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, but, um, <laughs> but, but, but I'm just at, like, you have, are you supposed to wear one outside right now? I don't think so. I think in public places you're supposed to, um, like I said, nobody really says anything to you oh, um, nice. and my daughter's too. So like, they don't have to really wear a mask yet. You don't really have to wear a mask yet. And I, you know, I, I feel like a bad father making my daughter wear a mask. So it is what it is. Well, at two years old, that's just insane. I wouldn't make my daughter. That's, I think everybody can go to hell. Yeah, I, 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 it's, I feel like kids are going to be weird, man, that have been like raised through this whole thing. Because like, you know, like even so we were six months ago, we were up in upstate New York. And, you know, it's when the mask thing kind of started and everything. And she's playing on the playground. And she went to like, she's like really loving. So she tried to like hug this other little kid. And the kid freaked out and pushed her off the top of the slide. He's like, no, you can't touch me. I'm going to get sick. And I'm like, oh my God. So it's like, I just feel like, Kids are going to need like some therapy or something after 2020, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I don't even know. So like I'm religious, right? And yeah. I, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I, I believe in God. And um, I don't know what the Bible says about this. Uh, I haven't read Revelation. I'm in the middle. Actually, I'm, I'm like seven chapters in for rereading Revelation um, right my, now. So. My undergrad degree is in Bible. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Nice. <laughs> but I'm like... It is a crazy world. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know where we go from here. I don't know because, yeah. and I, to kind of bring this back more towards the entrepreneurial person, um, like I'm not worried about me. I'm not worried about my kids. Yeah. Right. I'm not worried. You, you'll, you'll make it go right. You know what right. I mean? Because I'm the master of my own life and like, so help me God. Uh, there's nothing that will stand in my way ever. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like even the impossible is nothing if I just set my mind to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm like, my kids, I can't fathom putting them in public school. That will never happen, right? Yeah, my kids I'm will be planning, I'm planning on homeschooling. I don't know about right. you. Yeah, I, I, and I was homeschooled. I, right? I wasn't and I went to private school, but I just feel like even then school's so different now than it was then. So mm -hmm. different. And so I'm like, hey, listen, like I'm going to raise my own kids. I'm going to be rich. You can tax me on whatever tax bracket you want to tax me at, right? Like I'm just going to work harder, work smarter, be a producer. Like I'm not worried about people like you and I. Yeah. And I'm not worried about the, the the actual producers of the world, right? The Elon Musk, the Russell Brunsons, the, you know, like whatever. Like we're going to be yeah. just fine. But there's a massive, a massive amount of the population that does not think, act, understand, or even comprehend things like you and I do, it's an mm -hmm. entirely different world. And that is not to say one is better or worse. It is just different, right? Yeah. But when it comes to the world, like we know it today with the school system so incredibly broken with the media on both sides completely, like you have no idea what is factual. 
You have no that's clue. That's a huge problem, man, is you don't know what to believe, what's real, what's true. It's it's insane right now. It really is. And that's why it's like, uh, I think people, I always say, like, I want to teach people how to think, not what to think. That's like, important. I, I'm going to like, you can agree or disagree with me. I don't care. Right. That's that's why we need classical education. Then again, you know what I mean? Like people need to be reading Socrates and reading Plato and learning how to reason that way, because, you know, learning correct logic is what's going to teach you how to, how to look at something and be like, well, that doesn't make sense. And that doesn't make sense. So it's probably not correct. I think a lot of times people just hear a message again and again and again and again, and they believe it because they, they, they haven't learned how to logic with it. If that makes sense. There's no critical thinking. Correct. Yeah. It's all emotion-based. Yeah, but we correct. don't even know. But people don't even know that those are two different things, mm-hmm. or they don't even know how they work. Yeah. So, like, how does a society move forward? When- well, they, like, so, so here's a really good example of that. Um, that um, there's that. that I'm going to bring it back to to Trump right here. They they keep they keep talking to him about uh, what was that that thing where they. I'm trying to remember the exact quote. It was where he said there's good people on both sides. Or oh, yeah. Well, because but they just don't, a, yeah. they don't play the whole quote. And it's the same thing about a lot of different things. Like you, you, we take a lot of things out of context since people don't go to read the context. Like you, you kind of like, what the hell? Like, like for like my dad sent me something the other night um, that one of his friends sent him. And it was like that Trump's going to step down at midnight and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, I said it was Reuters. And then he doesn't click on the link and he clicks on the link and it's a horrible dick joke and i'm like come on man like oh read, my read the, gosh i got the, that what if click i on the, sent me that <laughs> click on the source and i but i think we're a headline culture right and i think that's the real problem oh, is people don't go for you know what's really there they go for the yeah. headline and then if you read the story you find that a lot of times the headline doesn't support what you actually read and i think it's just really important to take a look at that yeah i uh something so, there was one about biden that was like Biden will pursue legal action against Trump if blah, blah, blah. And then you click on it and it was a completely mistaken out of quote. Like it was designed to make Biden look bad. Like he right. didn't even say that. Right. Correct. It's like it goes both ways, people. Right. Yeah. And this is why it's I mean, it's in my, in my Facebook news feed. I don't know if you're if you ever want to just, you know, be entertained for a little bit. Just <laughs> but go but to the here's the thing. Down. But here's the thing. That's why like what you're doing and that's why alternative media and that's why Joe Rogan unless Spotify claps down on him more again, which I don't think he will. That's why it's so important, because I feel like it's these conversations where you're actually learning things, where you're spending, you know, two hours with somebody to learn from them or something like that, rather than I'm going to go with this headline and believe it. You know what I mean? Do you think that the alternative to like, I feel like big business, big corporations right now are Mm -hmm. like the enemy, right? But that they are consistently getting bigger right and there's kind of like this divide of the bigger businesses are getting bigger and the smaller businesses are well with covid the smaller businesses are going out of business but Mm -hmm. do you think that there's going to be a transition in the future of uh more self-employed people freelance people things of that nature simply because of the fact that people are not going to put up with being told what they can and cannot do like, I feel like where our culture is going is we're getting to a point where like it's there's going to be such insanity where Spotify employees are going to walk out. Right. Because, yeah. oh, my gosh. And it's like the OK, great. But if everybody has 75 million different stories, like there's literally mm-hmm. what there's 370 or 337 million people in America. There's 327 million different versions of, of the story. And if mm-hmm. everybody's believing their same thing, I feel like eventually that cause con- it causes conflicts mm-hmm. and it starts to deteriorate a lot of the structures that we have in place now, and there's going to be a shift somewhere. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if I if I 100% agree with that, um, but I, I do think and I'm not. That, say, I, I'm sorry, just to clear, no, that's speculation. I, yeah, but I, I had I, I had talked to Seth Godin about this a couple of years ago, and I do think like we are going towards a freelance economy. Like I think that is something yeah. we're really going towards. Um, but then I think that's why we're having some of the conversations we're having about like healthcare and stuff like that, because like I, I think in the future you're, you may not be getting it from your employer, and it's not by choice. I think it's just because people aren't going to have employers; they're going to be their own employer. So I think there's going to be a lot of changes in different places, and that's why I think even like you know healthcare companies aren't the answer, but the government isn't the answer. I think there there has to be some way to look at this and figure out what's there, because I know like even for myself, I had mentioned that you know my mom had a really bad health problem. And a lot of that money went to the insurance company. It didn't go to the doctor. The doctor didn't get paid. A lot of it went to the insurance company. So I think we need to figure out how to solve a lot of these things because we are shifting towards a freelance economy where people are going to have more choice. They're going to have more ideas on what they can do. So I think it's at the same time, the structures we have, the service people have to change. Yeah, I think... Um... Did I throw you a curveball on that one? And well, no, I actually, <laughs> I actually, I actually sold life and health insurance before I got an entrepreneurship. That so you you get it, yeah. And I I got into it right after Obamacare passed, so I learned all the new laws under Obamacare. And what's interesting is with Obamacare, it actually drove prices up, and it actually made insurance companies even more money. Mm -hmm. Uh. But well, that's because, because they help write the law. You know what I mean? They're, they're not right. going to write themselves out of business. And and the government took away the free market. Yeah. And when you take away the free market, you take away the consequences that come with bad decisions. Mm -hmm. See, what the beautiful thing about the free market is that if I'm an entrepreneur and my product or my service sucks, guess what? People stop buying. And yep. if my product or service is amazing, everybody buys. Yeah. And the perfect example of if a product or service is amazing and everybody buys, everyone's like, you need to focus on advertising. I'm like, Tesla, mm -hmm. $0 budget. They have never not spent $1 in advertising ever. They don't even have a marketing department. Yeah. Right. And they're the most valuable car company in the whole entire world. Right. Yeah. So like, that's the example of if you create a good product and you serve a need, it's going to go up. But yeah. now you take that away to where guess what? No matter what decision I make, it could be a good decision or a bad decision. It could be a bad product. It could be a good product. The government's going to take care of me or the government is going to say, it doesn't matter because there's no competition. So that's just what you're stuck with. And that's yeah. what's going to happen. And that's basically what happened with healthcare. Mm -hmm. And so part of the reason, uh, uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. What do you think about patents on medicine? So that's tough because the thing you have to look at too is, and this is the really interesting spin on this. So in healthcare, a lot of these things are discovered in universities, but they're not patented by the university. They're patented by somebody else that then goes to a company. So like that whole system has to be fixed because that's that's a little bit messy. I think at the same time, it drives up health. It, so it, it, it sucks, right? Because somebody like thought of the idea, so they should profit from it. But at the same time, it drives up costs unbelievably. Like there's no reason that some of these some of these medicines should be as expensive as they are. Well, like it's like a ten thousand percent raise on on what some of these things are. So I don't know if it's a cap. I don't know what it is, but there has to be some different way to look at like pricing because these patents the they drive the prices up. Because then you look at a company that um, I forget what, what's the company that made Lipitor. Do you remember? Is it Pfizer oh. or Merck? I don't really remember. But like like Lipitor, 
the patent ran out. So then what they did is they tried to find something else they could use it for. Uh, and then they tried to I repatent agree. it. Okay. And then they try to repatent it. So I think at the same time, that whole way of drugs being patented has to be looked at because what they do then is they get a, they get a different use patent so they can figure out how to keep patenting it. So the price stays up. So it's, it's a crazy mess, man. Yeah. I just, I feel like you shouldn't, like if there were ever a place where I don't think capitalism is the answer, it's in medicine. But I'm also always would rather say, hey, let's go like stick with a capitalistic system until we find a better one. Yeah. And I'm almost wondering if they're like, let's say, I don't know, let's just say that uh, I'm Pfizer and I spend $500 million on mm -hmm. developing a, uh, a drug, which by the way, if you're spending that much money to develop a drug, you should be rewarded for that. Absolutely. Right? I, absolutely. Because that is like, you're the one that took the, it wouldn't exist without you. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that they should have exclusive rights to sell that drug. And what I mean by that is um, what if you had something to the effect? Well, then you approach, you approach it like you, like, like you, they, like they approach cell phones now since they deregulated those. And what happens is, um, you know, like Verizon and these big companies still own the towers, but now these smaller carriers like Mint Mobile, they pay to rent the space. So right. like maybe you work something out like that. That's what I'm saying. So what yeah. if, what if I spend, so I spend $500 million of my own money or Pfizer does, right? $500 million yeah. develops a drug. I could patent it and then nobody could sell it. Or, or what I could do is I could say, Hey, listen, anybody can sell this. You yeah. got to buy the rights from me so that I recuperate my cost from it. And by the way, I can make a little bit profit off of it. The profit that I'm going to make is not off of the end consumer. It's by everybody else that wants to resell it. So yeah. guess what? If That's you want fair. to sell my drug, there's 10 spots for this. Each one of them, you got to pay $60 million. So that's mm -hmm. 600 million. They recoup their money. They're the one selling the drug. They, they get all of it back. Plus they make a hundred million dollar profit. Yeah. Like That's where's fair. the problem with that? That's fair. That's fair. If yeah, because I feel like too much that they're gouging the end consumer and then somebody has to decide, is it between me eating and getting this drug? But also at the same time, I feel like as a society, we're just over drug. You know what I mean? Like we're on way too many things. It's like ridiculous, man. It, it's yeah, insane. I, it really I, is. I can't remember the last time I, I was got a new drug. It. It's called personal responsibility. Get your blood pressure. There you down go. Down. You know what I mean? There you go. Personal <laughs> responsibility, hard work. Yeah. Waking up early, eating right. Like there's some drugs. I, I, the only drug, there's only been two drugs that I can even like remember being on since I've left my house and my mom was really good about keeping us off drugs, pretty all natural. Yeah. It Claritin, right? Like some form of antihistamine for allergies and mm -hmm. Adderall. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I used to love Adderall. I mean, I yeah. still do love Adderall, but I don't take it as much because like crack cocaine. But when I first discovered Adderall, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Well, that, <laughs> right? how I actually ended up in private school, by the way. Cause like, so uh, in second grade, um, I was like this, like really smart kid. I had like a high IQ at a young age. So like I'd finish my work in like 10 minutes and they'd get annoyed cause they try to keep me busy. And I'd be like, yeah, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. So like, um, the principal and the teacher had a meeting with my parents and they're like, so if he wants to stay here, he's going to have to take Ritalin. And my mom's like, oh, hell no, he's not doing that. And that's how I actually ended up in private school. It, it wasn't a doctor. It wasn't anything else. It was the principal and my teacher. <laughs> And, um, and it's funny cause I've run into this teacher like many times, like when I go back and see my parents and I think like, she thought I was going to be like that you know, like living in a van down by the river. And she's like, surprised, like here I make money and I do all these great things and stuff like that. But it's Who like, thought? that's how I ended up in private school. I feel like we, we drug our kids too often and too easily, man. I think we drug our whole society. I, I would agree with you too often, too easily. And like, I don't necessarily have a problem. Like some drugs are, are, um, well, like insulin, people need insulin. Right. You know what I mean, so like, 
and Trump brought the price of insulin down. My, my like, yeah. like insane amounts. I have like my my fiance's um uh family. A lot of them are type one diabetic. Yeah, price of, I mean, like like in crazy amounts down. But I think that we also need to to potentially look at like the types of drugs because. I'm probably going to get heat for this, but hear out the entire conversation. Like, hear okay. out the whole thing here, okay? Some drugs are like, hey, if you have this drug, your life is a completely normal life, and without it, you would die, a.k.a. insulin, right? Right, correct, like, yeah. That drug, people shouldn't be making a crazy massive profit on and the, a, a poor person not literally not be able to afford a, a drug that would they would live a completely normal life. There's no yeah. side effect. Like all they need is the basic thing in there versus something like, I don't know, I'm not a drug expert, something where the drug is, you know, has lots of side effects or it's you would literally die without the drug, but it's because of like sickness, not not because of how your body uh, you know, you were born with a deficiency or you were born with a disease, but like, well, here, here, here's a great example of this. I had a friend when he turned 50, right? Normal blood pressure, and everything like that. Doctor goes, okay, we're going to put you on blood pressure medication. He goes, why? He goes, well, when people are 50, we usually do that. I'm like, you're, you're kidding, right? Like, so I think at the same time, it's the way it's being prescribed as well. Well, but, but what I mean is like, imagine if somebody was like, they got super, super sick yeah, and they were going to die. Right? right. And like the amount of medication that they would need to take to stay alive it was just crazy, right? Like it was like $20,000 a month worth of medication or, you know, $7,000 a month worth of medication. Mm -hmm. And they're like 60 years old, 50 years old, like whatever. And without paying that much a month in drug costs, they're going to die. But mm -hmm. they also have like six or seven different drugs that they're going to be on. And even with those drugs, they're not living a normal life. Mm -hmm. I know that this sounds heartless. So hear my whole argument here. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if the, I'm going to step in this one, man. <laughs> right. But like, I don't think it's the government's job to be like, Hey, listen, we're going to hook you up with this. You know what? Like, guess what? I'm healthcare. Isn't a right. It's not. And I know people want to make it a right, but healthcare is a privilege. And mm -hmm. while there are certain things that I do think need to be categorized as, Hey, we're going to hook everybody up. But listen, like life isn't fair. And if I don't have the money to pay for something and keep in mind, this is how I view my own family. This is how I view my own life. Like if mm -hmm. I don't have the money, like if tomorrow yeah. I found out that for the rest of my life, I had to pay $25,000 a month for drug costs, insurance wasn't going to cover it. And I was on the hook for it. And it was a matter of Josh, you're either going to die or the government has to take care of you for $25,000 a month. And that's somebody else's responsibility. But if you get it, all the rest of society gets it too. I'd be like, just let me die. Like, yeah. I don't want to be a burden on society, right? I'm sick. That was the hand I was dealt. I'm going to live my life the best I can. And when I die, I die, right? Like, that's what it is. I did my, I was morally responsible. I have a life insurance policy. I, you know, I've, I've set my family up well. Good. If it's my time to go, let it happen. I don't think it's the government's job to come in or anybody else's job and to ensure that just because the technology exists to save you, that everybody has a right to that. However, there are some where I think there will be a, a logical exception to the rule like insulin. Right? right. I don't think that, 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 and keep in mind, I'm these drugs that are $25,000. I'm saying 
if they're actually that if they actually cost that much. Yeah, no, I, they I cost have no con I have no concept of something costing that much. <laughs> but but you, but you know what I mean though? Yeah. Like it's not like okay, the the inter or the companies can make it for 10 bucks and we're selling it for 25,000. I mean like it costs them 25,000 to make it. They're selling it at 25 or 30,000. dollars They're making a little yeah. bit of a profit. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Yeah, no, I'm talking about a lot of the drugs that cost like 6 or 7 bucks or you know like less than that, you know, a few cents and they're like, "All right, so we're going to charge you $700." Whoa. What? There's a lot of things that are like that that are under patent. So I feel like there has to be some way to take a look at this because it, it's it's crazy. It really is. And then you know a lot of these a lot of a lot of different companies and stuff you know pay out different bonuses and whatever depending on how many things are are, are prescribed you know, prescribed to people. It's it's insane, man. It's the the whole system needs to be looked at in a well, different perspective. Just remember, when you are sick, you are the product. True. So the longer True. they the longer they keep you sick. The, the, the more customers, I'm sorry, when you are sick, you become their customer and the Correct. longer they keep you sick, the more money they make out of you. Have yeah. you ever heard of good RX? What's good RX? Yeah. Oh, is so, that the thing where people get a discount? Yeah. Anybody out there right now that doesn't have traditional whole, uh, insurance that covers drug costs, or if you're paying yeah. drug costs out of pocket, there's an app it's free. Mm -hmm. It's called good RX G O O D R X. Yeah. It is Life saving. So my my health insurance policy uh, that I do, I, I pay all my uh, drug costs out of pocket. Right. We we do something called Christian care where we basically like we pay into a pot and it helps a lot of other people and ourselves. Yep. Uh, Samaritans Ministries. Okay. Yeah. That's what I use. Right. So yep. same same concept. Right. Yeah. Um. So mine doesn't cover that. But I'm telling you, I have gone and gotten drugs that, or, or you know, prescriptions for something that are six hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars, and I literally just go on GoodRx. I type it in, it gives me a discount code and that six or six or $700 drug becomes 50 bucks, $60, wow. like just like that. How, who covers the difference then? Like, where does that go? It's just a discount code. It's just a code that they, you go to Walgreens, Walgreens yeah. types it in and goes, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Registers in the system. I don't know who takes care of it. I don't know who covers it, but I know yeah. you don't even need an account. You literally just yeah. download the app and you type it in and it'll give you a discount code. You show it to the people at Walgreens or wherever you're going and it is phenomenal it's called it's a it's yellow uh wow a yellow app I, yeah. I feel i feel like i've heard this commercial somewhere and maybe so i don't i, yeah. I don't have TV, <laughs> so i don't wouldn't know but, on, on uh, the rare occasion that i ever watch tv there you go I'm, I'm trying to look it up uh app store let's see i'll show you i'm going to show you a picture of it for those of you listening on audio you will not see this but it's just good rx oops uh on um like the app store and it's yeah here it is it's a yellow yeah, I have seen that before. Yeah, before. just uh, yeah. got our prescription coupon. They have a like they have like a a paid version of it. I think you can subscribe to, but like I never do. So anyway, little <laughs> little tip of value there for uh, anybody that's <laughs> how how did we get here? I don't know. We're, dude. we're on like healthcare policy now. I don't we're even know how we got policy. here. Let's talk business. Yeah, what's the dude? What's the future for you? Where are you headed? What are you doing? So, you know, right now um, we're in the pre-launch of a book I'm writing called Extraordinary. And it's like the six principles I've learned from all the incredible people I've had in the show. And we're doing this in a different way, by the way. We're doing it as a like a crowdfund because I think a lot of people don't quite understand like in the publishing industry, like when you go with a publisher, you like lose a lot of your rights and stuff like that. So like if you talk on a topic, if you want to do stuff on a topic, like for me, it's my podcast. So it's like I'm not going to be giving that to anybody. And like unless you have a really good intellectual property lawyer, like your, your publisher is going to end up owning a lot of stuff. So like in, in this fashion, you do a raise. So basically we raise um, like $10,000, which that isn't that much money. So, you know, it's pretty easy to do. And you then own all the rights to your work. But at the same time, you're selling, uh, we're selling like 500 like pre-copies of the book, which at the same time helps us with, you know, trying to go for a bestseller list or something next spring when we launch. 
So that's nice. currently what I'm working on. That's like the biggest kind of thing out for me right now. That's awesome. What's uh, what's your goal with the book? So for me, it's I, it's time it's time to trying to like join my two worlds, right? Like because a lot of you know uh, what I talk about on create your own life is about being world class. Whereas a lot of what we do in our company, and when I go out and speak, I'm talking about PR. I'm talking about you know getting attention. I'm talking about that kind of stuff. So I'm trying to merge these two worlds in a lot of ways, and and I'm mm. doing that through a lot of the people I've interviewed. So like you know, the, some of the concepts are like adversity and um, like not letting other people make your goals. But at the same time, like I had Guy Kawasaki on who was, you know, one of the original guys from Apple and he's, you know, big for yeah. knowing like, you know, being what a brand evangelist is. So that brings it back around to like, you know, what we do and that's helping people get out there and tell your story because nobody else is going to, you know, depend on you to do it. So I, I'm, I'm really trying to use this as kind of the way to join my two worlds. But at the same time, it's also going to be that thing that I can, you know, make some bigger speaking engagements. I can do some, some other stuff. So it's kind of, I guess my next step, I, I feel like in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, when it comes to speaking engagements and like PR and stuff like that, yeah. I, I, I want to pick your brain here a little, yeah, a yeah. little bit. I think there's some value that can be added. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is overwhelmingly easier than people think in Absolutely. some ways, in some ways. Yeah. In some ways. And I don't know if harder is the right word, but just very different than what people think in others. I, I would agree so, but I, like, I think I think it's because people try to jump the gun. You know what I mean? They try to they try to go big before they start small, and I, I think it's one of the bigger things that's missing. What I mean is like, you know, like if you're from a small town, you have a lot going for you because probably nothing happens in your town, and you should be working with a lot of the newspapers and press releases and stuff there. And it turns out a lot of them are in Google News. Like for me, that was my first media pieces I got was through a lot of like small newspapers and stuff like that because I'm. My town's five eighths of a mile in size, dude. Like nothing happens there. <laughs> so like when you write a press release or you talk about something newsworthy, it gets picked up. So I, I think a lot of people aren't thinking of those things where they'd actually cut the learning curve for themselves. What is like the foundation that people need to have in order to leverage PR effectively? Like what's the base level? Because let me get some context around this. I, yeah. I, I work with, you know, I do marketing, right? So sure. like my big thing is online marketing. We sell courses and services and for, you know, like that, those are our clients. That's what we do for our clients and yeah. we freaking crush it. But I will tell you, like in order for us to actually do and ha like have a lot of success with you, like you've got to know your messaging, at least somewhat, like you've yeah. got to have some results. You've already got to be able to, you know, have social proof. You've got to have a list that we have to be able to work with. Like yeah. we come in and we take what you have and we amplify it big time. Right. But we we've got to have some base level that we're starting at. Correct. Correct. And so for me, like I see all these people selling PR and it's like, you can be on TV, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but you could be on like, TV six months from now. <laughs> right. But, but even in six months. So I look at the, my podcast, Think Different Theory. I've had, I get hit up at least every week. I bet you in the last three days, I could find two or three DMs on Instagram uh, of people hitting me up, be like, we can get your podcast featured in Forbes and on MS or on, you know, CBS or like whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but like, then what? Like, I'm not monetizing. But, but some, of, but some like, of those are scams too, because they take advantage of the fact that the consumer doesn't understand it. Well, you know right. what I mean, like, like the thing that's been going recently where everybody's like, I've been featured in Yahoo finance. And it's like, it's a right. press release, dude. And I don't know how they got it there. <laughs> right. But I'm like, so for me, I look at my, my podcast and I go at some point, I'm going to be ready to come to somebody like you. Yeah. And I'm going to say, Jeremy, I've got a podcast. I have a million downloads. Uh, I have, you know, all this blow me up. Right. But like right now I don't, I mean, I had a viral video go viral 
and that got a million views on. I don't count that as a million downloads, right? But like right did now, you, did you do something with that? I mean, it was me freaking out about uh, child sex trafficking. So yeah, we did a fundraiser around it. We raised tens mm -hmm. of thousands of dollars for Operation Underground did you, Railroad. Did you promote it anywhere? Mm -mm, no, it's just on my personal timeline. So that's something that you could have like done a press release about and you could have put out to local media and stuff like that. And that could have been a good press piece for you, even though you're saying like, oh, you know, I don't have a million downloads and I have this stuff that's newsworthy. And that's one of the things people have to understand is like what's newsworthy and interesting about what I'm doing. But so my, I, and, and I agree with you. Yeah. My question with that though is like, what do I do? And, and I, this is kind of rhetorical because I <laughs> like, I know my, I know what I think you do with it. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not an idiot, but at the same time, I'm like, this is your area of expertise. And a lot of people don't know. Right. Yeah. So I get on CBS, mm -hmm. I get featured on in Forbes, which I, you know, and I've been in Forbes, I've been in entrepreneur magazine. Like I've, like I've gotten the articles done about it, but I'm like, cool for the average person or for the person that's trying to do that. Why, where does that benefit from them? What things should they have in place first mm -hmm. before they go out and start doing that? Because for most people, if they were to go get in Forbes right now, or they had a video go viral, or they got interviewed on, you know, Fox News, like for something, it would be a complete waste. It would be a splash in the bucket, and they'd never benefit from it. So, like, yeah. what are those baseline things that are like, hey, listen, you should have this, this, and this in place before mm -hmm. you start pursuing PR. And if you have those in place, it makes our job as a PR agency ten times easier, and it makes the results that you're going to get ten times more exponential. Well, so I think at the same time, like it's going to, this is going to sound stupid, man, but it's at the most basic level. Like most people's sites aren't even ready. You know what I mean? Like their, their right. site looks like it was built in like freaking Weebly or something like that. Like it, you need to have something that positions you as an opinion leader, but you don't need to spend $10,000 on it. You know what I mean? Like have something that looks good enough. The design is good. It's aesthetic. That really does matter surprisingly because people that get on that site from whatever media they're getting viewed from, it's going to create trust. If you don't have those things, you don't look trustworthy. Like my, my favorite is that people are like, oh, I made this graphic for myself. And it's like, dude, did you do it in paint? Like, what is that? <laughs> so like, like, it has to create trust and it has to show like there's value there. So one of the things is like, you know, your homepage should be decent. The other thing is you should have some content in your site, whether it's a blog, whether it's a podcast, whatever it is, because if you're an opinion leader or if you're somebody that has something to say, you're going to have something to say. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have something to say that you want people to go be able to go back to. Um, even if it's just a few articles or something like that, man, but it's really important. The other thing is having a media page in your site. And that's a page in your site where you're going to store any of the logos of places you've been featured. You're going to um, put any of the press releases you've had, any of the news places you've had. It's like super important because you want to get the right positioning. The other thing too is being media ready with bios and stuff like that. Like the thing I hate the most as a podcast host, and you say, hey, can you give me your like short bio? And somebody sends you like a 2000 word treatise on like their name and where they've been. And they're like, I don't care where you went to high school. Like, right. so one of the things is, is you should have on your site and we do it just with a Google doc. Cause it's really easy. You have a link on your site to approve bios and we have a 200 word bio there and a 75 word bio. And that's really important as well. Um, another thing as well is set up for yourself a Dropbox and, or a drive. You can do either one. I use Dropbox for it and you have all of your approved media photos in there. You're going to have a link to that in your site because you want to have all these things set up so that you number one, just put out the right perception. Like you want to look right. But number two, like when you get media, the goal of media is more media. You know what I mean? Like the, the goal is when somebody sees you on, you know, Fox News or reads you in a newspaper or whatever it is, they land on the site and they're like, oh shit, Josh is brilliant, man. I got to interview him for what I'm doing. Oh, great. Here's a bio on him. That's awesome. Cool. Um, 
And a lot of it, the, another crazy thing too, is I know in the online marketing world, there's this weird thing where everybody likes to write in first person. Like, hey, <laughs> man, my, my name is blah, blah, blah. Great to meet you. But for media, that's not really helpful because a lot of times it shows more credibility when your site and stuff like that's written in third person. Um, so it's a, a few of these things that you realize like the end product of the media you're getting isn't just a sale or something like that. It's actually more media. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is there ever a time when writing in first person is a good thing? For the media standpoint, no. Um, like maybe if you're using it in like sales copy, sure. But like yeah. if you're using it on your site, it just, it doesn't quite in media standpoint, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but in media standpoint, it doesn't give you the credibility you're looking for because um, people that are well-known don't talk about themselves. Other people do, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. It and is it's super important. You got to create, you've got to do something worthy of getting people to talk about you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, uh, I think that that's really important. I think a lot of people, they want to have a podcast or they want to get featured somewhere. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, great. But what have you done? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it has to be newsworthy, man. Like what, what is interesting about what you've done? Like for me, when I had my first 50,000 downloads, like that's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but to people outside of podcasting, like, wow, that's huge. So like right. we wrote a press release about that. I got in a regional newspaper, the regional newspaper, um, and edit a uh, person from a TV station, read it. I got on TV from that. So like you want to be thinking about like, how can I use what's newsworthy about what I'm doing to get a piece of media that leads to another piece of media. Now the things you should have is you should have your site pixeled so you can retarget a lot of those people have been to your site and you run 30, 60, 90 day retargeting audiences. You know, another thing you should be doing, um, and I don't know if you're using this, but it's like the coolest thing I've ever discovered. It's called getemails.com. And you put a piece of code on your website and you get all these people opting into your list. It's incredible. Um, but you gotta have the right like nurture sequence set up for them. Otherwise they're like, how the hell did I get here? But like stuff like that. So you're taking advantage of people once they get to you, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think people just, they think that, like getting featured somewhere is way easier than I think it is made out to be, but to do it right and to actually capitalize on it is like yep. 10 times harder than I think people realize. Correct. And, Correct. Because and the like, piece of media isn't the end product. Like you want to be effective, effective with media, not effect of it. And a lot of people want to be effect of it. Like they want this thing to make them and you're going to find out you're not going to get made by it. Like if you, no, if you suck not. when you get it, you're going to suck when you're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just going to amplify the suckiness of it. So that's, a, that's a great point. I think the other thing is, is, uh, one of the things you were kind of talking about is like, know what is newsworthy to the right person. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. like, I, I remember it was so funny. Like someone was like, well, Josh, like, what have you done to like get featured someplace? I was like, honestly, like not much. And they're like, we'll just rattle some stuff off. I was like, I don't know. I've grown 5 million followers on social media. I've made my clients $4 million. And they're like, what do you mean you haven't done anything? 5 million followers above. But like, to the right public, because the general right. public may not be interested in that. Right, right. And so I'm like, oh, oh, okay, cool. I guess that makes sense, right? Yeah. And, you know, I started a software company and sold it when we had 8,000 active users on it. I, uh, you know, my brother died in a helicopter crash and I traveled the world and came down and started another, like, to the right audience, those things are either, okay, whatever, no big deal, or those are like the coolest things in the world, depending yeah. upon the audience that it is that you're looking for. And I think that that's really important because I think that people, um, they overcomplicate. I think people want to make it more complicated than it is. But they also have a false idea as well. Like they yeah. see like they see like people on the news and they think that you get to a point where people just start noticing you. And at the same time, like, unless or you do you something make money from exposure, 
Yeah, well, and at the same time, unless you do something really bad, they're not going to notice you. Like, you know, if you kill somebody, the news is going to find out. I'm telling you right now. Um, you know, if, if you do something really horrible, the news is going to find out. But other than that, they're not looking, man. So, like, it's all about making sure you're being the one to tell your story and get it out there. Like, you have to take responsibility for getting that story in front of the right public. Yeah. I, well, I would say they are looking, but they're not looking for what you're putting. They're looking for a very specific thing. They're yeah. not just looking for a cool story. They're looking for a, a story that's going to benefit their people, their audience, get more clicks, more. I mean, like, read the book. They want to sell online. That's what it's all about. Right. That's all they want to do. That is literally all they care about. And anybody that tells you any different is lying. Like, it's, the only thing like that, that song, it's all about the Benjamins. I don't know if you remember that one, but it, it, it's actually, it's all about the CPMs. That's what it is. It's man. all about it's those all, CPMs. Man. It's all about the CPMs. <laughs> That that's do, so do you uh, like what's your show at now? Like how many how many downloads you got? Like so overall, we're we're, we're over about three million all time. So it's you know it's not we're not Joe Rogan numbers, but it's better than your average podcast. That's better than your average podcast. That's awesome. And you've been at it for what do you say two thousand fourteen? So six years you've been at it. So two thousand fifteen is when Create 15. Your Own Life started. In two thousand fourteen, I started a show called Rock Your Life, where I was a life coach, and it was horrible. And I'm the furthest thing from that because I totally lack empathy, as you've seen here. <laughs> <laughs> so two thousand fifteen. So you've been at it for five years. Yeah, five years. Five that's years awesome. actually next week. Congratulations, dude. That's amazing. We're coming up on uh, two years. Uh, January 9th, I think, will be two years of Think Different Theory. Um, and uh, yeah, dude, we've had a blast from it. Did you start audio only? I did start audio only, but then the thing I'm realizing is like having visuals with somebody at the same time also does help a lot of what you're doing and it becomes more consumable because people are driving towards video. So now I have been doing a lot of video. Um, I've been using Zoom, um, though I, I really like um, I really like Squadcast, but they still aren't doing video yet, which really is, has upset me because they do um, they do like high fidelity audio where it records separately on each end. So if your stream goes down or whatever, it's still good audio. Um, Zoom kind of turns down the audio quality a little bit, so that's what I've been doing now. But I've I was audio only until the beginning of this year, honestly. Oh, really? For, like, wow, four years, yeah. What do you use like when you do your interviews on Zoom? Like, do you use another software to like make it look more like not on Zoom, or do you just do it on Zoom? We just do it on Zoom, but then I'm also running like a recorder on the other end. Um, like I'm usually running like a, I don't have it with me now, but I'm usually running a digital recorder out there that I'm, you know, recording into on my end. Um, on the guest end, you're just not always able to do that just because. So like for video. For for video, I'm using the Zoom video. It's just the Zoom video. It's, it's good enough. Good enough um, for now, yeah. But Especially I, I, I won't... COVID helped us with that. Yeah. Because COVID everybody, actually, everybody yeah. finds it believable. Like everybody watched that that episode of Parks and Recreation and they're like, oh, this is great, but it was all on Zoom. You know what I mean? Right, right. And so it helps us, uh, us little makeshift, like, oh, we, I'm a podcaster. I got $15 a month on my Zoom account. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, uh, it makes us look cool and, and legit. The only problem I found with Zoom is that it, it was so hard to, the, the angles are weird with the repurposing and like everything like that. And so we switched over to StreamYard and I like StreamYard, but the problem is I'm, I'm having, I have some lag issues every now and then with Zoom. We had a little bit of it today and yeah. you can't get rid of the stupid names down below. And it's kind of, annoying. oh really? That's annoying. Yeah, I know you, they have to be there that um uh, you can't like get rid really? of them. And also that's, yeah, that's super annoying. So what, what I can't uh, do this. I can't just like, let's see. Can I, can Bro, I if you can figure out a way to get rid of those names, I have tried and tried and tried. You should um, be my hero. Please enter a name. I have to enter my name. No you have what. to enter your name. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, there's got to be a way to hide it. That's ridiculous. I've, I have looked and looked and looked and Googled, and I cannot find a way. But wow. if it could, StreamYard would be good. Yeah. 
what ca what camera are you using for your so this career? is literally um so i'm not i'm not uh at my studio today because my studio is in, in my house i'm actually at my parents today because i'm waiting for the realtor to get here so this is just my macbook camera. Oh, that's right oh usually, no way yeah usually i'm using a dslr but i also like so there's a couple different things i'm doing for this i have two box lights up here which really helps so i'm like getting a tan yeah. as i'm sitting back here and then i have this other thing um you know george bryant by any chance uh, no. So he had recommended this thing to me called webcam settings and it, you download this app on Mac and you can actually go in and you can change all your brightness and stuff like that. So like I can go here and I can look way too washed out like here. Now, now, now I look kind of funny. Oh, whoa. Or you can do that. You Wait, can what's that app? It's called webcam settings. I think it was like four bucks, but it, you can override your webcam. Uh, the one thing I found though is every time you go and start a new stream, you have to turn it off and on because it has to override the settings. But like uh, you get like at least better quality than you would from your camera. Cause like here, if, it, if I just turn this off, um, you'll see what my regular camera looks like. It's just not as good. Same. Oh, that's crazy. So yeah. So, and maybe that's what I need. So I have a Logitech Biro or Brio or something yeah. like that. And I, have I, mean, a I have a DSLR in my house, but like, this is what I'm using here. So like, but I have, that's what I'm using now. And it worked so good for a yeah. while. And mm -hmm. now it like kind of sucks. And it yeah. like is like mine the the visuals a little bit blurry just a little bit the lighting is like sometimes okay but I'm I'm gonna pull you off the screen for a while but like yeah. I'm not like I this room that I'm in right now is bright it is yeah. I mean I've got four massive lights around me right here right <laughs> like so like it is an actual studio like floodlights of uh, and we got one like one right here yeah you can literally see it right so it's a big oh now it's gonna be in my shot. I got to move that. It's going to annoy me. But like, <laughs> my, point is, um, my point is, is that, let me bring you back on. Yeah. It's kind of annoying because this, it, 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 uh, it messed, it kind of messed with it. So I got to figure out, and it just happened at the beginning of this. Well, maybe a little bit, a little bit before this season started. And I was like, you know what? I don't have time to mess with it, but now it's getting to the point where I feel like it's worth my time to actually figure I'm it out. I'm telling you, man, webcam settings, if you're on Mac, will change yeah, your life. I am on Mac. Cause you I, can even, you can even change your sharpness too. And yeah. that's how you kind of get like a little I, bit more of that. Yeah. You're, it looks like you changed yours a little bit right now from earlier. Yeah. I just did. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, of course I'm on Mac, dude. Does is there is there anything else besides Apple? Like, is dude, I gotta tell you, man. So I've been a Mac user since like my freshman year of college. So like that's a long time ago, by the way. Um, so I'm in my mid thirties, but like, um, PCs just suck because they get they like just 27 suck. different viruses, and like you know they get the they just slow down. I I've had three MacBooks in my life. My first one I had for eight years, and it was incredible. And it's just they just don't die, man. Dude. I had, I just got a brand new Mac. I custom ordered it with extra Ram and a terabyte hard drive and everything like that. I had this one. Hold on. Yeah. yeah. This MacBook pro. All right. MacBook pro. I've had this thing since so like a 16 inch or what is that? Uh, whatever the biggest one is 13. 17. What? Yeah. This was back in. Yeah. 17 inch. Um, this was back in 2015, I think 2015, yeah. 2016. I ran everything off of here, dude. I was running cameras and and processing, and I was doing iMovie and all these different programs, like all at once simultaneously. <laughs> like I beat the living crap out of this computer. Yeah, right. Like overloaded it like you could not imagine. Yeah. So this Hold is up. a this is Hold a two thousand this is a two thousand fifteen that I'm on now, uh, but I'm like crazy about it. So like the company that actually makes. I have a buddy that that uh, used to work at Apple. So he told me the company that makes all their like internals is a company called Crucial. So you can actually go to Crucial's website and you can buy all the upgraded shit. 
So like, this is a crazy Franken Mac. Like I have way more, uh, way more RAM than you're supposed to have way more gigahertz than you're supposed to have. Nice. So you can like do some, like this is 3.1 gigahertz. So it's, it's pretty quick, nice. but, but in a 13 incher. So yeah, that, that is awesome. You make a Franken Mac, man. You're in good shape. I'm telling you what, dude, Apple is the only thing. They're the only, they're the only company where I have never been disappointed in a purchase ever. Like I never, I'm disappointed every time the new iOS comes out. Cause I'm like, cool. It's the old iOS. Great. This is awesome. But, but I didn't purchase it. That's true. It's right. True. They, like they my just iPhone is never download it. <laughs> my iPhone has never disappointed me. My MacBook pro has never disappointed me. I just got the new, um, iPad pro. Oh, cool. Insane, dude. It is so powerful. I, I've never, ever been disappointed with a Mac product. Ever. And yeah, I don't I'd have to agree. I, I got my wife to switch over to a MacBook and an iPhone now. And she's like, I don't know how I ever used anything else. Nobody. Once you go back, you never go back. That's that, that, that's that, when I know. Yeah. That's what I know. I'm winning. Everyone in my life now has Apple products. And um, that and, and I, I will say this, this microphone. Oh, you yeah, they do. I love the SM7B. It's amazing. It's that it's just the greatest. Mic. You got it in a cloud lifter, too. I, I so I have it in a, a roadcaster or the roadcaster pro soundboard. Which okay, so that has a preamp in it. Yeah, right. Okay. So it's not a it's not an actual cloud lifter, but um it's sweet. And it, we have four if you four don't have one of, if you don't have one of these guys, your audio like sucks because right. it's too low. Yeah, well or or the soundboard that I have. I almost ordered that, but the cloud lifter is like 150 bucks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you get the double, it's like 220. Yeah, so 150 or 220. My whole soundboard, literally four four microphone hookup, Bluetooth, um, uh, USB, uh, soundboard, like with the different stuff like that. I can record right to it. 600 bucks. I was like, okay, I'll spend I mean, right 500 extra bucks. The best 600 dollars I've spent on a tech yeah. product ever. Cool, cool, dude. So, um, let's see. Kind of going back to the business thing. Yeah. You do PR. Correct. But from the, so we only do podcasts though, from a PR angle. So like what we're oh. doing is we're getting people in front of the perfect public. We're finding the right shows. And then we also teach content repurposing too. Cause I find that's like super, super important. Like, you know, like we were talking about, like, what do you do with this stuff? Like, that's another thing we're doing with people. Wait, wait. So when you say you only do podcasts, you only get people on podcasts. Correct. Yeah. That's all we do. That's all we've been doing for like four years. Yeah. Podcast booking. But, but my wife has been in PR for 15 years. So like, you know, it's podcast booking, but through the eyes of PR, we're trying to get the people the right positioning, get them with the right influencers, stuff like that. Mm. How much, what, what, like, what do you chart? Like, what's the price range of like that? Like I come to you and I'm like, yeah, I want to be on podcasts. So we, people are either with us for um, six months or they're with us for a year. So we don't really do a retainer model. So people are usually paying like per show. So it's a few hundred bucks a show. It's not crazy. Oh, that's awesome. And you just have a whole plethora of shows lined up and you just send people over to them depending upon. So it, it depends. So like we have a, like we're continually like building a database, like, Hey, like the show is looking for this type of person or whatever it is. So we have that. But at the same time, we're also like, you know, just like I'm really good at getting in front of the right people for getting on my show. I've taught a lot of the same methods to my team. So they're really good at getting in touch with the right shows for clients. So like even, even if we haven't booked it before, um, you know, we're, we're good at doing that. Nice. Nice. Um, what, uh, what's, like, how, how closely do you follow, and you're not going to offend me at all, but like, how closely have you followed Think Different Theory? Close enough where I've watched some of your videos and stuff. Like, I watched the one about content repurposing, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, I watched the uh, the QAnon, which I, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm, 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 kind of, I'm kind of flicking if you catch my eye with something off the wall. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what What can I do with, with Think Different Theory to make it dope? Like, better. 
I, for me, it's just continually going for bigger people, man. Like I, yeah. I, I think you've got a good enough platform here. You could just go out and you know get some more rock stars like Russell Brunson. I think you could have some fun with that. Yeah. What's the, how do you like? What's the fastest way you've seen to grow a podcast? Is it just getting on other people's shows? It's that, but also at the same time, like knowing that your main metric is subscribers. You're going to grow a show by, and this is weird, but the number of subscribers you gain each day in ratio to the number of current sub- subscribers you have that's what's going to raise your ranking. So knowing that you're trying to get everybody and their and their mother to sur- subscribe to it. But also like you want to get another podcast because, you know, you don't have to convince somebody what a podcast is. It exists and they should subscribe to it. Like, mm. but if they're already on podcasts. They're going to be aware of it. So like, that's one of the best methods we've seen for show growth. But at the same time, it's always, 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 always pushing for the subscribe. Like reviews are cool, but they don't really matter that much. Really? They're an indicator of audience size. And that's why it's one of the things we look at to like, see what a good show is because, Apple yeah, is but, ripping down reviews like crazy. You know what I mean? Are they? Is that what's? Oh happening? my gosh! Yeah, like like I I had friends leave me reviews years ago, and I guess they can figure out if they're too close to you, and they pull them down. So like you know, despite any other thing, so we've I'm actually not seen crazy. That. I'm not crazy when I go to my podcast team and I'm no, like, no, 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 guys, no. I think I've lost reviews, and they're like, no, no, no I've lost uh. like 50 reviews. They take they they'll take reviews down if they think they're suspect, even if they aren't. So like, we've always found reviews to be a really good indicator because they're so strict on them. Because like, and they'll blacklist you if they catch you like, you know, buying them or something like that. Huh? So it'd be a bad idea to like blast out an email list of 50,000 people and be like, please, everybody go subscribe well, all no, right but, now. But if they're, if they're your listeners, it's not a big deal. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so, like, okay, they can kind of, it, it, it's weird, man. They know enough of your social graph that they know, like, is Josh hanging out with this guy? Oh, he is. Oh, we're going to hit that. So it's like, that's the kind of stuff I feel like they're watching. Interesting. Well, how, do you count? Um, it's it's like. Uh, did you so, see that? Did you see that thing? Um, oh, what's his name there? Uh, he does. He did stuff with Seth Rogen a lot. Um, James Franco. Franco. Yeah, yeah, James <laughs> Franco. He's got the thing. He's like. He's like. I laughed. Siri laughed. Alexa laughed. They all laughed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like they're all listening to you, man. All right, all right, right. Um, have you noticed when you added video or clients that add video, um, it affects your download numbers? Because like one of the things I noticed searchability because people can find you on YouTube and YouTube's the second biggest search engine. So people are going to, f- they're maybe not watch every video there, but they're going to find you there and they're going to go find the feed where they prefer to listen to you. Searchability yeah. is huge. Well, I noticed that. So we have it on Facebook. You, so Facebook's my big platform, right? Yeah. Um, but like Facebook, YouTube, and then Spotify, Apple, stuff like that. And so I use Simplecast, right? To like track all the backend downloads. Yeah. And it was interesting. I noticed when we added the video to the, um, uh, to the show, like mm-hmm. downloads go like this. And then all of a sudden they like, we had a video and it was like leveled out slight dip for a minute and yeah. then coming, kind of coming back up. Do you notice that like when you add that, uh, or let me say this, do you, have you seen that? And do you count, like, is there a ratio of video views that you do? Like, like for every five video views that equals roughly one download. The- so that, so that I, I just don't know that stat. I wish I did. Um, yeah. But in terms of like video, yes, I have seen that. It's because of how a lot of these platforms operate. Yeah. Because like, you know, they autoplay. So you're going to catch somebody's attention. Like, you know, they may be interested in like the opening you have or something like that. So you're catching a lot of attention that way. Like, right. like on Facebook and LinkedIn, especially um, because you can really get some more long form content. It's a little bit harder. I feel like on, on Instagram just because stuff's so short. Um, so I, I can't even waste my time with TikTok. I just never use it. I don't see a point in it. So like, you know, don't even get me started. Uh, I did one video and it was my pig walking to the song. This is me from uh, what the hell is that movie? Um, the Greatest Showman. 
Um, oh. So like, <laughs> but uh, like you're going to catch anything you can catch people's attention on. So like, especially on you on Facebook and, and on uh, LinkedIn, they're going to autoplay. So you're going to catch people's attention. Yeah. It's just always so funny to me because I'm like, people ask me for my download count and I'm like, which one? Like you want, <laughs> you want my, my simple cast one. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Sounds that's good. Typically that's typically what they want, but like, I, I honestly think you're, you're, you're fair to, you know, add up what you got on YouTube and everything else. Cause I think it's, you're getting yeah. a lot of views there. So yeah. And especially on Facebook, you know, I mean, what we just started on YouTube, like kind of with season three now or end of season two, season three, start putting stuff out there. It, it's slowly building up. Like YouTube is not my platform and I want it to be eventually, but like right now business is, yeah. that's the thing with, with my podcast. Like I produce content because I love doing it and because I'm building my story and I'm putting it out there. But like, it's honestly not even my focus right now in the, in the like yeah. growing it, that quality of content, learning from it. And we're right. We're creating a curriculum right now in the background, um, from the people that we've had on, which is super cool. Um, but oh, like cool. when I, when I, yeah, when I actually go and like focus on blowing it up, like I've grown 5 million followers on social, I know how to get attention. I know how to drive people to it, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know the metrics. Cause like you can look at the back end and it's like, okay, you've got, you know, 250,000 downloads. And it's like, okay, cool. And or, people you know, always care about that number. They care what's in your hosting account typically. Yeah. But it's like, it's not accurate. And it's, it's not like, usually a true indicator either, you know, at all. Cause I'm like, dude, I'll mm -hmm. go live on Facebook and get 10,000 views. Views. Like yeah. any, like I talk anything political is 10,000 views. I talk anything not 2,000 to 3,000. You know, that's like those are pretty typical standard numbers. Every yeah. interview I put out on Facebook, it's at a minimum of a thousand views, right? Yeah. A minimum. And like a lot of the, those are, are relatively, you know, good chunks of time 10 minute listeners, 30 mm -hmm. minute listeners. Like, you know, in some of the stuff when I'll send out surveys, they'll be like, hey, what's the average listen time? Right, mm -hmm. that you listen to it, and it'll be like I, I on average of a two-hour show, I listen to it for thirty minutes. I'm like, yeah. that's a that's a good chunk of time, absolutely, uh, for for a listener, especially on like a Facebook or a YouTube platform. And so I always go through. We, I have my team go through, and we pull. We have two metrics. We have the one inside of the account, right? Yeah. And then we actually have a spreadsheet where we go through, and once a month, we pull in all the videos on YouTube and Facebook, and we add those view numbers there. And so yeah. whenever everybody's like, how many downloads do you have? I'm like, here's the downloads, here's the views. I'll let you determine, you know, like the quality. I, I think of that's the fair too. Cause I like, I know my, my, my friend, uh, my friend, Dr. Jason, like he does a show every night at nine 30 and you know, he'll either cover health or politics or whatever he's interested in that day. And dude, he's getting like 20,000 views on these damn things. Like when this whole COVID thing started, he had like no followers on Facebook on his personal profile. And he's at like 40,000 now on his personal yeah. profile. So like he's getting like crazy numbers of views and here's the thing, like, you know, like we talked about the book launch on his, his, uh, his show. And like, I sold a bunch of books on that show. So like, you can't tell me those views aren't, you know, people that are really engaged and interested. I just, I think that you have to come to your community where they're at. Right. And I think other people trying to put too many numbers on your, your community don't get the value of it. You know? Yeah. I also think that you have to understand, like, is your podcast your primary focus or is it not? Correct. Because if it is, then you want to optimize everything. You want to mm -hmm. optimize the time you post. You want to optimize the thumbnails and the titles and everything like that. Yeah. Or is it, I'm doing this to find my voice and I'm doing this to, to build a following as yeah. they come to put my name out there and things like that. When I started Think Different Theory, that was my entire focus. And we yeah. grew to 100,000 downloads real quick, right? Yeah. But we then shifted and I'm like, hey, cool. Now I've got a business opportunity over here where I'm going to make a few million bucks over the course of the next, you know, couple of years. I'm going to go pursue that because yeah. I, I don't know, I care about a couple million bucks in my bank account more than I care about a couple million downloads. Right. <laughs> and so, and, and I think that people need to realize that money buys a lot. 
Like oh, it buys absolutely. a lot. Money can but, also fix a lot of things that are broken as well. Brick uh, <laughs> load of it, right? And so people are like, money can fix just about any problem in your business that's not working because you can hire somebody to fix it. Right. And so I'm sitting <laughs> and people are like, you know, Josh, you're not optimizing your thumbnails on YouTube. Like they could be better here, here, and here. You could post an hour earlier. I'm like, if I did everything right over the course of the next two years, everything, right? Mm -hmm. Put 100% focus into this podcast. Let's say I got added an additional million views and download yeah. to it, like by doing everything right. That's a that's a additional million views over the course of the next two years. That's yeah. a good amount, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I can do everything pretty good, optimize it for my voice and what I want to do, mm -hmm. and then I can go make $2 million and in two years from now, I could be like, hey, I'd like a million more downloads, please, at 10 cents a download, exactly. wherever it is. Here's your $100,000 check. I'm rich and I just matched you. Because, And that's the thing, too, is I think a lot of people have this false idea that like growth comes through just creating great content. No, it's getting great content in front of the right people in the right, right. fashion. And it's going to cost you some money, man. It's going to cost you some bank if you want to get in front of the right people. Yeah, you're not getting on. Well, I'm not going to say that because you could get on Joe Rogan without paying for it. But like, you're not going to get on shows without spending some money. Right. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's true. It's get, true. Getting everything up to where it needs to be. What's your, uh, what's your number one tip for podcasters, uh, from like from a PR space of like what you do. Number one tip for podcasters, yeah. um, quit ripping other people off. Like that would that's the biggest thing. Like they're, they're the number of people that have tried to recreate, uh, entrepreneur on fire, especially like they're just like, they, they, the, you know, the, you know what I mean? Like the number of people that have created that exact show, dude, is like ridiculous. Like John's done a great job. Let him do his thing. You, you know, you stop trying to be him. So I would say differentiate and do your own thing and be who you really are. Um, there's too many people trying to be someone else. Hold on one second. Your camera's a little glitchy. I'm going to pull me up and pull you ah. back. Okay. Hold right. on. Remove. And then let's add you back to the show. You stream. got me? You got me? There. That was my Hey, I don't all know right, what happened. That's all good. Dude, that's... Because, because actually, how many people have you heard? Like they, they open the show and, and give us a glimpse in your personal life. It's like, come like word for word. Come on, dude. Seriously. Like, Hey John, I think your show is great and I want you on my show and I want to come on your show. And I think it's like, I, that's awesome. Yeah. So now I can say whatever I want right now. I can be mean because I just talked him up. Right. I don't know. I feel like his show is like so uniquely his and John makes it not boring. Yeah. But anybody else that tries to do it, it's dude, there's boring. thousands of shows that have done it. And I'm like, oh my God, another one. Are they going to have a fire round or a lightning round or what are they going to do? Yeah. Or a I bottomy just, round? I don't know. It's always so interesting to me when I watch podcasts and I like listen to them and I'm like, this is so boring. How did you get but, to be big? Know, but, but here's the thing too. Like I did some of that in the beginning and I, I feel like you do. But once you find your voice, I feel like people never find their voice. They keep trying to use that formula. And John had John, by the way, for those of you who are like, who's John, John Lee Dumas, uh, entrepreneur on fire is the name of his podcast. Shout out. John Lee Dumas has done wonders for the entrepreneur community yeah, in the absolutely. podcasting space and, and that, but like, like I said, he, he has found, and I, and I'm not criticizing him. He has found a way to make, to find that niche, to carve it out. Yeah. But it's like, he built the niche, honestly. Right. He really, really did. And yeah. if you're trying to rip him off, like it, it's boring, it's unoriginal. It's like trying to rip off Joe Rogan. Yeah. Right. And it's like, listen, I would say a lot of people would say, Josh, you're trying to copy Joe. And I'm like, to, to a certain extent, I have modeled the show a lot off of what Joe Rogan has done. Joe Rogan is a, a, a very much a big inspiration of mine for sure. But here's the beautiful thing. There's a difference between modeling and trying to rip off completely 
yeah. you can model very closely for about 60%, 70%, even 75, 80%. But like modeling will get you the foundation right, but then you've got to add your own magic to it. Yeah. And like Joe Rogan and I are vastly different people. And obviously we're not even in the re close realm of spectrum of like the same show, obviously yeah. a quadrillion times bigger. But I'm like, for me, I mean, Joe Rogan is opinionated, but not always. Like yeah. he's way less opinionated than I am. Yeah. About a yeah, lot like of he things. surprised me with his, his Alex Jones episode he did recently. He was like trying to like tone Alex down. He's like, no, no, Alex, no, no, no. Don't say that about frogs. Stop it, man. Like, it was like ridiculous. <laughs> the gay frog. I actually really enjoyed that episode. I know what he was trying to do, but yeah. But like Joe is, he's there. He's having a good time. He's got his own unique show. He's doing his own thing. You yeah. can model that. But like Joe Rogan brings Joe Rogan to the show. Correct. Right. That's that's the the wow factor. Lots of people have tried to recreate that setting. Lots of people have a cool studio. Lots of people have the right mics and cameras and interview the same type of people Joe does. But guess what? There's only one freaking Joe Rogan because that's what Joe Rogan brings to the table. And Correct. when you can step into and understand that, like, there's only one you. There's only one Josh Forty. And like mm -hmm. you guys can try to be me, copy me, hate me, love me, whatever. But there's only one freaking Josh Forty, right? And there's only one freaking you. And yeah. so when you step into the superpower and when you step into like who you are, yeah, it's not going to be like Joe Rogan, but it's going to be like you and it's going to be better for you. And I think way too many people try to copy and rip off people. So I, I, I'm glad that you brought that up. I would just say, just be original, man, because th there's going to be no reason people are going to stick around for you, right? Like if they can get that somewhere else, they're going to go somewhere else, not to you. Yeah. I think people are afraid to be themselves. I would agree. I'd yeah. agree. But you know, that's why we got a lot of problems. We have with like Instagram influencers and stuff. Everybody wants to be those people, not themselves. Dude, <laughs> I won't take you down that rabbit hole, but dude, it's, it's ridiculous. Have you worked with a lot of Instagram influencers? I've never worked with an Instagram influencer. I, that's so that's like how I got started in, in social media. Ah. Like, I, I have worked with so many Instagram influencers and some of the pages. It's so funny to find out who's behind them. Have you ever heard of, um, oh, I can't even think of the names now. There's, there's this one, um, like network and it was like a travel network mm -hmm. of like, hotel brands and like luxury travel pages like really yeah. really well done and a lot of the pages had like six million seven million ten million followers on it and it, there was i think six or eight six or seven accounts and like the total reach was like 30 or 40 million um uh, things on those right yeah and you're like okay this is like a put together brand and everything like that you're talking about zach Zach Benson? Yeah. No, I do know oh. him. Though. He's, a, he's a great dude. Oh, no, Zach, no, 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 Zach's no, no, no. Like done awesome things on Instagram. Zach's awesome. No, I, I like Zach. Yeah. No, no, I'm talking yeah. about there. Like this is back three years ago, four years Got ago. Got it. Okay. That, okay. That, back when, and like, so I like DM the pages because you know I, I was managing an account with two million followers, blue check market. You used to go right to the primary inbox. Anyway, I DM them. Turns out there's like an 18 year old kid running all the accounts. Right. Oh and I'm like, gosh. oh, dude, you're killing it. Right. And then I look at other pages that where it's like, uh, and, and that's the example of a, an 18 year old kid that figured out and used it good and yeah. props to him. But there are oh, so yeah. many people out there that do, they got a, a million followers. They got a hundred thousand followers, got 500,000 followers. They are broke. They are broken. They have no, I, they are living for likes. They are absolutely miserable and depressed in their life. They have yep. no idea what they're doing. They are, they're living literally paycheck to paycheck, except it's worse. It's they're living shout out to shout out of what yeah. they're getting paid for. And there's these people that are lining up because they just want to be like them. And it's like, it's like crazy, man. Cause like, I, I'm like, I even suck at stories. Like, cause I'm like, my life isn't that interesting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like show you how busy my calendar was there? Like, I don't, I don't quite understand. Like I'm going to go hang out with my daughter now. I'm not going to take pictures of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, I suck at stories. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> actually stories are the one thing that I actually crush it at. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm horrible. 
And what I mean by that is I'm not, so I'm not an artistic person at all. Yeah. Like my artistic level is if there was such thing as the below zero, it's below zero. Like I don't know. I'm not good at design. I'm not good at visuals. Like I'm a very logical person. I'm good at with words. That's my form of art is words. Yeah. But like my Instagram stories, if you just watch my, I've never missed an Instagram story outside of like the two weeks that I've taken a break on Instagram. Uh, I haven't missed an Instagram story in probably four years. Wow. Yeah. Dude, more and, power to you because I'll, I'll go like weeks. Me. I'll yeah. go weeks. But that's how I build my following, dude. People yeah. know me so stinking well. Yeah. Dude, I know you have a hard cutoff. Uh, I want to be respectful of that. Where can people Absolutely. find out more about you? They can find out more about me over at jeremyryanslate.com or commandyourbrand.com. Commandyourbrand.com, jeremyryanslate.com. Guys, we will link that down in the description down below. Jeremy, thank you so much for your time, dude. Thank you for having me, man. This is great. Yep. Guys, this has been Think Different Theory with Josh Forty and Jeremy Slate. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones to change the world. Do me a favor. If you're not subscribed, you heard the man. Subscribes matter. Go to subscribe iTunes. to the show, guys. Subscribe to the show. Give us give us some subscribes. We need to go change the world. We need to get Trump elected president. The only way, listen, people, the only way Trump gets reelected is if you subscribe to my show. There's your incentive. Guys, I love you all, and I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace.